if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. It is indeed the authority. It is now eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get started on this Wednesday, the 14th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Coming up on the program in about a half an hour, we're going to talk with the president of the Ohio Fraternal Order of Police. Gary Wolski is going to be joining us to talk about what continues to go on in Minnesota and what it means for policing in the United States at large. Uh, it is incredible what is going on right now, and, and not in a positive way. Incredible in just a, in so far as that it's hard to believe. It's almost incomprehensible what is going on in this country right now and some of the statements that are being made by public officials in response to the tragic accidental shooting of uh, a man in uh, Minnesota, in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. So we're going to get into all of that with Gary Wolski coming up in just a few. But before we do that, I want to do what I always do to start the show. And i got to tell you, I feel so much better <clears throat> about playing our daily uh, Pledge of Allegiance uh, since I had the speaking engagement that I had on uh, Monday night in Strongsville at the Strongsville GOP because people came up to me and they're still giving me messages. They're emailing me. And giving me messages um, about how much they enjoy and appreciate hearing the Pledge of Allegiance to start every show. I literally had people coming up and telling me and demonstrating that they put their hand over their heart if they're driving in the morning when they hear me play the Pledge of Allegiance. So, Because I was worried a little bit when I first started doing this in response to Democrat-led uh, House committees and subcommittees. They would hold their meetings and hearings um and Republicans were requesting to start the meetings with a Pledge of Allegiance, and Democrats refused. Now, not all of them, but in enough cases where I said, you know what, just out of, I don't know, obligation I felt, we will start every one of our shows with the Pledge. And I wondered if it was considered cheesy. I wondered if it would be considered over-the-top or jingoistic or any of those kinds of things. So I kept doing it. But now that I talked to people in person in Strongsville on Monday and they tell me how much it means to them, I feel so much better about our daily pause for the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. 
for all. So there you go, and we will continue to do that as long as I'm hosting a radio show on this station. All right, uh, we've got um, so much that I have to try to process here in short order. I'm going to do my best to try to keep my composure. Yesterday, the mayor of the little town of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, whose name is Mike Elliott, looks very, very young. I don't know how old he is, but he looks like he's a teenager, like a late teenager. I don't know exactly for sure. I guess it doesn't matter, but maybe it does. Maybe a little bit of experience leads to a little bit of wisdom. Maybe a little bit of time uh, leads to a little bit of understanding. Maybe. I can't say for sure. But yesterday, the mayor of this little town outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, responding to the tragic death of a motorist who was pulled over for expired tags, despite the left's lie that he was pulled over because he had air fresheners blocking his rearview mirror, which would be pretty doggone amazing if somebody got pulled over for that. That was the lie that they told at the start of this entire thing. He wasn't. He was pulled over for routine expired tags. When police officers are behind you and they look at your tags and they run them or if they just see the sticker and it's expired, you're going to get pulled over. Most of the time, you're just going to get a, a warning and say you've got to update those tags, but you might get a citation. Who knows? But in the case of 20-year-old Dante Wright, it was more than that because he didn't just have expired tags. When they ran his license plate, through the computer, called back to dispatch. They found out that this individual had a warrant out for his arrest, actually had multiple warrants. The most severe and the most significant, called gross warrant, was for an attempted armed robbery, a very serious crime. There was a warrant out for his arrest for attempted aggravated robbery, after he choked a woman and held her at gunpoint for money. Police knew this when they pulled him, well, not when they pulled him over, they knew this when they ran the information and then went up to his car and asked him to get out of it and attempted to place him in custody for that warrant. And we all know the rest of the story from there. He broke away from the officers rather than uh, agreeing to be handcuffed, jumped back in the car, tried to flee, in fact, did flee, and we know that uh, 26-year veteran Kimberly Potter uh, freaked. She freaked out, and in a most ridiculous way, um, not knowing where her gun and where her taser were, separated from one another on her body in terms of her tools, reaches for her taser and instead grabs her gun, yells, taser, 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 I'm going to tase you, I'm going to tase you, then fires, and then screams, holy S, I shot him, realizing that she wasn't holding her taser, she was holding her gun. She's just flat-out incompetent for that. There is no defending and no, no excuse for that. It doesn't make it any less a tragic accident and not an intentional shooting, an intentional murder, which is what it is being called. But nonetheless, she uh, is going to be held accountable. She has already resigned from the force. So has the chief of police, which is ridiculous, which I'll talk about in a moment. And, of course, the city manager, which we brought to you yesterday, got fired 
for calling for due process in this case, which, of course, is fundamental to anyone and everyone accused of uh, 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 violating the law in the United States. Due process is required by the Constitution for everyone. we got a city manager fired for saying, you know, she gets due process here before we just say you're fired. So he got fired. Police chief got fired. Or, I'm sorry, police chief resigned, and so did the officer. So I bring all of this up to kind of give you a little bit of a backdrop of what happened that led to the very young Mayor Mike Elliott of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, deciding that he knows the answer. He knows what has to happen now. Police officers should be unarmed when they conduct traffic stops. Now, I'm not paraphrasing him. I'm quoting him. And in fact, I will let him speak for himself. Uh, I I don't believe that officers need to necessarily uh, have weapons, uh, you know, uh, every time they're they're making a, a traffic stop. Uh, or, or engaged in uh, situations that don't necessarily call for uh, for weapons. We know that there are other many other jurisdictions, even around the world, where uh, that is not, you know, necessarily the case. It's not needed. And so I, you know, I am very much interested in, in receiving. Uh, I, I don't believe. Let's stop that there for, and, and I will let you hear the entire thing again. But I just I want you to really grasp the depth of the ignorance of this man. If ignorance had a photograph, it would be this mayor of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Again, his name is Mike Elliott, and and I'll say ignorant instead of stupid or dumb because there is a difference. Stupidity. And being dumb indicate that you cannot be educated, that you are just incapable of understanding things at a higher level. Ignorance means you're just not aware. To be ignorant of something is to have just not been made aware of something, some fact, some situation. I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt and say that ignorance is his problem, and he is not aware of the fact that police officers die every year making traffic stops and getting shot by drivers because they didn't know that the drivers had weapons. That police officers die every year when they are shot in what should have been expected to be routine encounters with violent people that they didn't know were going to be violent. And police officers have survived many of these encounters because they were carrying their service weapons and indeed were able to fight back and save their lives. But because a 20-year-old attempted aggravated armed robber, a violent criminal, was shot in an accidental shooting situation in a traffic stop, This guy wants cops to be unarmed when they approach cars that they pull over. Unarmed. This is the mayor of the city of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. This isn't some idiot caller to a radio show. That's not, of course, to impugn my callers who are not idiots, but you do see and hear idiots, right, who might call up and say, cops should be unarmed. This isn't just some nobody screaming into the wind. 
cops shouldn't have guns when they go to do traffic stops. This isn't just some, you know, loudmouth. This is the mayor of the town. Listen. Uh, I I don't believe that officers need to necessarily uh, have weapons, uh, you know, uh, every time they they're they're making a, a traffic stop uh, or or engaged in uh, situations that don't necessarily call for uh, for weapons. And what precisely, Mister Boy Genius? is a situation that doesn't necessarily call for a weapon. Because clearly you have a crystal ball and the ability to foresee the future and to know without seeing or conducting a frisk or doing anything to prove that the situation does not require a firearm. What precisely is a situation that doesn't require one? How are police officers supposed to know that? I would submit to you this as well. There is not ever a situation in which a police officer should be unarmed. Ever. You understand that? Ever. For example, let's suppose that Officer Kimberly Potter, a small woman, this 26-year veteran, pulled over a car that she knew, let's say she had your powers of foresight, and she knew that the individual inside did not have a gun. So following your directive, Mayor, she approaches the car without a firearm. And then outsteps a six foot five, three hundred pound muscular man who proceeds to beat the living daylights out of her before making his escape, and she can't defend herself because she doesn't have her firearm. Firearms for police officers are not carried just to respond to other firearms. They are to be used in a self-defensive manner and in a defense of citizens and others in a variety of threats. This guy doesn't want cops to carry guns to traffic stops. A New Mexico police officer was tragically shot and killed during a traffic stop that set off a 40-mile chase in February, ending with a suspect also dying in a shootout with police. Officer Darren Jarrett initiated a February traffic stop on Omar Felix Cueva, who police say was on his way to Las Cruces for a drug deal. Police said Cueva had a violent criminal history, including drug charges involving cocaine and meth. When Officer Jarrett, who was speaking to Cueva through the passenger window of this traffic stop, Asked him to step out of the vehicle, Cueva got out of the pickup truck with an AR-15 style rifle and fired a shot at Jarrett. Jarrett fell to the ground, at which point Cueva fired several more shots at him, including one at point-blank range to the back of the head. But cops don't need guns at at traffic stops, says the mayor. Says the little boy wonder. Like I said, he looks like he might be 15, this mayor. And I didn't want to do this. But I'm going to do this because it needs to be remembered. This June, it will be 21 years since Cleveland police officer Wayne Leon was shot and killed while stopping a man suspected of being in a shooting on the previous day. 
While questioning the man, identified as Queasy Brian, Officer Leon was shot in the face. He was taken to a local hospital where he passed away. June 25th, 2000. Leon radioed in a routine traffic stop at East 40th and Community College Avenue, unaware that the driver, Queasy Brian, had a history of violence involving weapons and was wanted for violating uh, parole. He stopped his car in a gas station lot, quickly exited his vehicle. As Leon approached, Brian turned around and fired a fatal shot that struck Officer Leon in the side of the face and lodged in his spinal cord, ceasing all functions. But police officers don't need to be armed when they conduct traffic stops, says the liberal and I believe perhaps racially motivated mayor of Brooklyn Center. Minnesota, this mayor, Mike Elliott, doesn't want cops carrying guns to traffic stops because criminals might get shot. If cops continue to get shot in traffic cops, hey, that's just part of the job. But the criminals, we got to protect. This world is upside down. And I promise you, 95% of mainstream media agree with the mayor of Brooklyn Center. Where do you come down on this? I'm going to talk about it with Gary Wolski, the president of the Fraternal Order of Police in the state of Ohio, coming up at 935. You are welcome to call next on AM 1420, The Answer. I mean, honestly, these stories are everywhere. Everywhere. Also a headline this morning. Texas police officer hospitalized after being shot during traffic stop. Police officer in a suburb of Fort Worth, Texas, hospitalized after being shot multiple times. Suspects still at large. Let's go back to October. Just October, so what, nine months ago, in Lorraine. What happened in Lorraine? Well, apparently we're not going to hear what happened in Lorraine. I'll tell you what happened in Lorraine. More police shoot, uh, police uh, being shot at during traffic stops. Not sure exactly why the audio won't play here, but uh, uh, there was coverage of this from News Channel 5. So the point being that literally if you were to go to your search engine, do not let it be Google every day and type in officer shot during traffic stop, police shot during traffic stop, police assaulted during traffic stop, et cetera, et cetera. I promise you, do it on a daily basis. At, at least somewhere in the United States, you will find one probably every day, a new one. And if you won't find a new one, you will find plenty from, you know, in the previous two weeks, in the previous six months, in the previous couple of years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just blown away, and this is why we're going to talk to Gary Wolski, uh, president of the FOP, that a mayor... A mayor of a city can tell his police officers, we don't want you to be armed when you do traffic stops anymore because we're afraid that you might harm criminals. Forget about the fact that you might be shot and killed yourself. We don't want you to harm criminals. This is what we are battling right now. Gary Wolski tells us, gives us his perspective on this next on AM 1420, The Answer.
935. We continue on AM 1420. The answer. Let's bring Gary Wolski onto our program again. Gary Wolski is the president of the Ohio Fraternal Order of Police. Gary, good morning. Good to have you. How are you, sir? Good morning, sir. How are you? Great. Thank you. All right. Um, I've been playing this for the first half hour of the broadcast. I'll play it again for those who just turned the radio on, and also so you can have a fresh listen, and then I want to get your reaction to this. This man is named Mike Elliott. He looks very young, and, I'm, and I bring that up. I continue to bring that up only because I want to give, give, give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that he's just young and inexperienced and therefore not just completely stupid uh, as it pertains to what he says regarding uh, policing and traffic stops. Listen. I, I don't believe that officers need to necessarily uh, have weapons, uh, you know, uh, every time they, they're, they're making a, a traffic stop. Uh, or, or engaged in uh, situations that don't necessarily call for uh, for weapons. We- Gary Wolski, uh, you've been a cop for virtually your entire adult life. You are, as I noted, the president of the Ohio FOP. This mayor of Brooklyn Center says your officers should approach pol- uh, approach cars during traffic stops without guns, without weapons. Um, it's beyond my comprehension. What do you say? I think it's another comment that was very unthought out. How, how can you make a statement like that? Uh, unless you can guarantee that every person that a police officer is going to come in contact with doesn't have a weapon of any type, how can you how can you expect that? And, and what, what's the officer do? Keep it on the front seat of his car so it can get stolen while he's out of his car? or locking in a trunk so when he goes to another call that's serious and there's an active shooter, he has to try to find his weapon in his trunk. It, it, that's insane. And for a person that's a mayor of a city to say that, it's totally irresponsible. And he's not he's doing a disservice to the people of his community. Um, two responses to that, Gary. One would be the obvious. You know, I'm, I just did a little search about police officers shot during traffic stop. One of the ones that popped into my head without even doing a search, of course, is Wayne Leon, 21 years ago this June. Um, but I've got Lorraine. Cops are shot at during a routine traffic stop in October. I've got two in Texas, one yesterday, one uh, uh, from uh, the month of February. Cops are getting shot in traffic stops probably more now than at really any time in, in recent memory, or if not in, in, in all of, of, of American history of policing, because cops continue to be assaulted in the media by left-wing politicians, by Black Lives Matter, by celebrities, by members of Congress. I mean, the cops have been made the enemy, and cops have been, uh, you know, have been described by all of these individuals as being the danger to people's lives. So, so you know, they're getting shot at almost as a matter of course, simply because they're cops. How can anybody suggest they not show up um, to these confrontations uh, armed and prepared to to defend themselves? Like you said, about that's insane. And, and like we've talked in the past, this all started under the Obama administration. Unfortunately, it's continuing with the Biden administration because he's just a a surrogate of Obama. And these politicians are, I don't want to say encouraging this, but by not charging people and not aggressively pursuing them, it's just we're reverting to a state of lawlessness. It's really not, not safe for anybody. It really is. 
Uh, the, the other response I wanted to offer, Gary, is, is I might disagree with you ever so slightly when you said a moment ago that, um, you know, you, you, you don't know if the, uh, the individual that you were pulling over and confronting is armed, uh, and unless you're guaranteed that they're not, of course you're gonna have to be armed, and I would suggest that it doesn't matter whether they're armed or not. They have, they have arms in terms of their fists and their, and their feet, and, you know, that little 26-year-old officer, Kimberly Potter, who ended up shooting Dante Wright in Brooklyn Center, I mean, you know, <laughs> You, you don't have to be too big to probably attack and assault and, and destroy that officer, I would imagine, whether you have a firearm or not. Cops need guns to defend themselves, as you well know, uh, whether whether the uh, subject or suspect is armed or not. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, there's a gun at every traffic stop. Mm-hmm. The, one that, the one that you carry as an officer, the one that the officer carries. And, you know, there's a simple solution to this huge problem, and, and, and some of these politicians, these, these left left-wing politicians seem to miss it. In this great country, we have a process. If you get stopped by a police officer, he'll issue you a citation. If there's cause, he'll, he'll, he'll arrest you. And then your case is adjudicated by a fair and impartial judge. The street isn't the place to debate that. You don't need to fight the police on the street. We saw Frank Jackson's grandson jump in his car and take off and lead police on a, on a huge chase. Just last night, I saw that some troopers had a, a four-county chase that ended in Lakewood. Guy's driving on his rims to get away. Stop and let the courts adjudicate things. You must be running for a reason. This young man in Brooklyn Center, obviously, totally tragic. It, it appears from, from watching that video that that, that that female officer believed she had her taser in her hand. She yelled, taser, 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 which from what I understand is a training. I, I never had a, tra- a taser when I was an active officer. She seemed like she did everything right because she had the wrong weapon in her hand. She did not mean to kill that young man. Right. And, and, you know, continually talk about the number of all we hear in the media and the other media, not you, of course, yeah. is the number of blacks that are killed by law enforcement officers. Well, this year alone, 50 white people have been killed by police officers and 30 blacks. Last year, 457 whites, 241 blacks. The year before that, 370 whites, 235 blacks. Where are the people protesting when a white, a, a white person is killed by the police. And again, every single death is tragic. Every, no law enforcement officer gets up in the morning or in the afternoon or whenever they're going to work and says, I'm going to go shoot somebody today. Nobody wants to do that. And we're seeing more and more officers being hurt now because they hesitate because they don't want to be on the front page of the paper. They don't want to be like Derek Chauvin and, and, and cause you know, nationwide riots and things because right. of actions that they took. So, you know, it's very irresponsible of some of these politicians to keep chirping and harping on the fact that blacks are the only ones killed by law enforcement officers. They certainly aren't. Whites are killed at a greater. Those are just yeah. Those number. are just the only ones featured in the media, and and not you know. I mean, and that's the that's the real issue here. I mean, Ashley Babbitt. A, an Air Force veteran was one of the individuals who trespassed into the Capitol on January 6th. Now, she was not armed. She was not attacking. She was not being placed under arrest and resisting arrest. She didn't push or punch an officer to get away. She was simply going into the building through a window the way hundreds of others were. She was shot in the throat and killed by a Capitol Police officer, who, by the way, still has, is, is unnamed. Um, 
and nothing is being done about that. And and the thing is, Gary, no one has has raised a, an eyebrow at it. No one has talked about it. Where are the riots? Where is the looting? Where is the smashing and the burning on behalf of Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed person who was simply guilty of trespassing at that point in time, uh, shot in the throat by a police officer? White people being killed by police officers in circumstances, no matter what the circumstances are, quite frankly, are just not news. But when you are black, capital B, because the AP said we have to capitalize the word black now, um, when you are black, it's front page news, and it is indeed protest and riot news. Well, you know, let's compare that example you just gave. And again, another tragic death, and I'm sure that that officer will be dealt with during, you know, in, in, the, in the judicial process. But here's Officer Potter in, in, in Minnesota. Uh, apparently, they're going to, I saw an article yesterday that said that they expect to charge her criminally either today or tomorrow. Yeah. Two days after the incident. And here we are, like you said, January 6th. We're three months away from that, and, and, and nothing's came about. Could you imagine had that young lady in D.C. been an African-American and this process would have drug out like it does now? Uh. There would be no left in, in, in the United States. They'd all be burned down. No question. No question about it. And that's kind of the point. Uh, we're talking to Gary Wolski, who's the president of the Ohio Fraternal Order of Police. And Gary, you know, you're, what you're talking about here, when you talk about Kimberly Potter being charged <clears throat> today or tomorrow, when the city manager dared mention yesterday, or was it Monday, that uh, when somebody asked if she's going to be fired, the city manager said, well, there's going to be due process, and there has to be due process, because every human being in America, I don't care what your age, your color, your race, your creed, or anything else is, anybody who's accused of a crime or accused of doing something wrong is entitled to due process, an actual investigation to determine whether they did something wrong or not. The city manager said everyone gets due process, which is required in the Constitution, and the mayor fired him for saying we need due process. What does that tell you, Gary? Well, that tells you that they don't believe in our system of justice here. I mean, the same thing happened in, in, in Columbus with Adam Coy. He was fired two days after after he killed that, that the, the man in, in, in Columbus in the garage a few months back. We have, you know, we as law enforcement officers have the same rights that, that, that John Q. Citizen has. You know, look how long it takes many of these cases to come come to fruition. You know that, you know, you're involved in the media. You know how long it takes these, these cases to, to, to go by. And then you have people like you you had mentioned Wayne Leon earlier. You know, they arrest you know, Queasy Bryant that afternoon in Columbus. He has a trial, and, he, and, and, and nobody put him to death two days later because he was guilty of, of killing a police officer. He actually got a second trial, still sits on death row, and probably – based on on the things going on with, with our state government and, and the death penalty where they can't get the lethal injection drugs, Queasy Bryant will probably never never serve the sentence that he was given by the citizens of Cuyahoga County and, and, and the judge hearing the case. That kind of stuff is crazy. There's a double standard. Law enforcement officers are, are on the wrong end of it. And, you know, you get people like, you know, Representative Tlaib saying that, you know, no more policing, no more incarceration, that we need to do away with the police, basically, that, you know, law enforcement is in, in, intentionally racist and can be re- can, cannot be reformed. And who's hurt most by this, Bob? The people living in, in, in the very nice suburbs or the people in the inner city that need policing the most? Again, these people, I don't know who they represent. She, she represents a good portion of Wayne County in Michigan, one of the worst crime areas in the state. It encompasses Detroit. Initially, he doesn't believe there should be policing. 
Let's go ask the people, the, the good people that live in the city of Detroit, if they think that the police should be done away with and see what they think. Because well, it would be open on these poor folks. Well, you're right. That To that point, um, I made this uh, statistic known yesterday that 90% of 911 calls that come into the city of Cleveland, 90% of them that are calling for police and asking for police come from African Americans. Because African Americans live in the highest crime areas, for, and you can draw whatever conclusion you want from that, but the highest crime areas lead to the highest number of victims, and those victims are begging police to come and save them. So this is not as if you know the African American population at large doesn't trust police. That's what they are trying to make happen, talking about the individuals I mentioned before in Congress and elsewhere. But African Americans, by and large, know that police are there to help and protect them. That's why they call them so often. But to the point you made about Rashida Tlaib, this is what I want to respond to. Her tweet was this. It wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. So she's ascribing a racial motive to the decision made by uh, Kimberly Potter to pull what she thought was her taser and not her firearm. So she's saying that's racist. No evidence whatsoever that there is race involved in this. But this is her statement. Then she goes on to say, Rashida Tlaib, Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I am done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Gary, I would submit, now you're a cop with expertise in this. You've been trained. I haven't, so I'm going to give you my layman's opinion, and I want you to tell me what's wrong with it. I would submit that the officers did not respond to Dante Wright with enough aggression and violence because they were concerned that they would be accused of of uh, of uh, of, of uh, um, uh, not lethal force, but excessive I, uh, force. Excessive force. Thank you. Because when they ran his plates, Gary and realized who he was. His warrant wasn't for jaywalking. His warrant was for a violent, attempted, aggravated, armed robbery. He choked a woman and held her at gunpoint for money. He's a dangerous person. Now, they know that he's wanted for a violent crime. In, In my opinion, they should have approached that car, weapons drawn, and said, on the ground, right now, on the ground, get on your face right now, and cuffed him in whatever manner they had to, because he could very well be the same violent criminal that he was um, uh, wanted, you know, had the outstanding warrant for. He could have carried out that violence against them. But they treated him with kid gloves. Can you please step out of the car? Can you please stand there? We're going to place your hands behind your back gently. And, and it allowed him to push them away and jump into the car and lead to this entire series of events. So to me, Gary... They weren't aggressive enough with a man that was known by way of the warrant to be a violent criminal. I agree with you, Bob. I mean, as you know, I've been retired for almost nine years now. And back when I worked, that's exactly the way that young man would have been taken out of that car. He'd been taken out of that car at gunpoint. He'd have been ordered to the ground. He'd have been faced down on the ground. He'd have been handcuffed. And that's the way it would have been. But now, in this new, kinder, gentler, touchy-feely type law enforcement that we're forced to, to, to work under because of the politicians and the media, we can't do that. So here's another instance where a young man is tragically killed and mistakenly killed. There's no question. There should be no question in anybody's mind that Officer Potter believed she had her taser in her hand. I never had a taser. I don't know the difference between how you would make that mistake. But she said, "Taser, taser, taser," which I know is a you know a catchphrase to let your partners know that you're you're going to deploy a taser. Right. And you know these are and and again I I I had this conversation with a few other folks. Maybe police have too much equipment. You know, when I started, we had a gun. 
And that was pretty much it. And then we progressed to, you know, Mace, pepper spray, tasers. And, and things like that. And now when you use one of those tools on your belt, instead of, you know, before it was just basically hand-to-hand combat and you're done. That was pretty much what there was. Well, now mm-hmm. if you choose to use your pepper spray, well, did you have to pepper spray them? Couldn't you just talk them down? Did you have to tase them? Couldn't you just pepper spray them? Well, geez, oh, man, these are split-second decisions in the heat of a battle. Exactly. How are you supposed to make those decisions? Maybe there's too many tools out there for law enforcement. I mean, I've always we don't have enough equipment and enough tools. We have to have more than the criminals and the bad guys have. But when you're questioned by everything you do, and again, like you said, that 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 gentleman should have been taken out of that car at gunpoint. If he chose to just jump in his car and take off and run, then the pursuit would have ensued. But you go up there, you're pleasant to him, sir. Please step out of the car, put your hands behind your back, and he decides to fight again. Yep. Who, who started the problem, the officers or him? Yeah, and if they had come up, like you said, the old way, with guns drawn on the ground, et cetera, they would have been accused of excessive force. They would have been accused of trying to have a reason to shoot him, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and, and not wanting to be on the nightly news, not wanting to be the latest police officers accused of mistreating a black person. They said, "Let's body cams are on, let's be gentle, let's be kind, let's be nice, and let's hope he cooperates. If he doesn't, well, we saw the result. Gary Wolski, president of the Ohio FOP, thank you so much for your wisdom and your insight all of, on all of this, Gary. Please uh, tell... Uh, Tell the crew, all of your members, to stay safe, all right? We will. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to speak with you today, Bob. Yes, sir, Gary. Thank you. All right, that's Gary Wolski of the FOP. You want to respond, I'll take calls next. In fact, we're guest-free the rest of the show. So this is the time to get in line, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Let's do this. Okay, 957. Let's try to get in a couple of calls before the top of the hour. Plenty of time for calls after the top of the hour. Guest free in hour number two. So we're going to let you uh, have your say. Tanya is in Akron. Uh, Tanya, good morning. You're on the air. Go ahead. Okay, I'll call him. Thank you. Bye-bye. Tanya, are you good? Hell yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay, that's all right. I, I see. I hear you on the other line. I got you. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. I got two things. One, uh, a lot of these police stops and these traffic stops and these cigarette stops are laws that are public officials keep mandating police officers to, to do, okay? Uh, if they weren't taxed, they weren't for tax reasons, you know, you know, money-making reasons, you know, these cops wouldn't be put on in danger. So I, I want them to come so up. So hold on, hold on. I want to make sure I understand you. I want to make sure I understand you. So you're saying you don't think police should stop people with uh, expired tags, for example? Can we find another way to handle that? Um, no, uh, I don't think you can. Yeah, think um, we, the reason, think, the reason, hold think, on, hold on, hold on. The reason, the reason that we ask police officers to stop people with even minor infractions like, like that is to find out. Remember, do you know how many thousands and thousands of drivers out there have warrants for serious crimes? And how do we find them? Just hope that we trip over them committing another violent crime? Sometimes these traffic stops are exactly what that's intended to do is find people, uh, that are generally not used to following the law. We find them breaking even minor laws and we run their plates. Oh, there's one of the people we've been looking for. Let's take them in. That's that's kind of part of the part of the job. You know, I, I do understand that, but I think that, you know, we have to start thinking out of the box. You know, 
the, the selling cigarettes on the street. You put police officers at risk. We have to find a way to not put our police officers at risk as much as we do for tax revenue, okay? Okay, what was, what, was num- what was number two, Tanya? You said you had two things. What was the second one? Okay, number two is that uh, today is uh, Lorraine, Laverne Gore is going to have a uh, fundraiser in Fairlawn tonight. Show up. You were talking about that yesterday. We yes. want to good people in office. We need to show up. Okay, the, the third thing is the idiocy of the, uh, I love your radio commercials. The, the city planner from Cleveland wants to give the Cleveland employees, the county employees, June 16th, June 14th or June 16th off. If we're going to do that, let's figure out why we're celebrating it. It was the, the freedom of slavery, okay? So we have to admit that somebody fought for freedom of slavery, Okay, that means that this country could not have been totally racist. So if we're going to do that, let's tell the whole story, tell the truth of this country and not the lie that's being perpetrated. That's a great point. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I understand your point very well. Yeah, the 1619 Project's attempt is to say that the United States is, and thank you for the call, as always, Tanya, is inherently racist because we once had slaves. And and that is exactly right. And if you're going to tell that story, then you also need to tell the story of the hundreds of thousands of lives that were lost and the extraordinary uh, lengths that so many people went to to stop slavery, to end it even though it is a practice that has been uh, going on worldwide back into the history of history. We fought and stopped it and fixed ourselves, and no one wants to tell that part of the story. Tanya, you're right, as you usually are. Thanks for the call.